This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. It is great to have everyone back for another episode of The Drop. A lot of people, such as myself, thought that the hockey couldn't get any better than it did in the Winnipeg series, but it has. This series against the Stars has been so entertaining. They split the first two games in St. Louis. They're headed to Dallas. We all know the Blues at least need to win one game. It would be nice to get this game three off to a quick start. It was a back and forth game. One of those games where you're not sure who's going to make the next mistake to allow the other team to come back. Which guy is going to step up and make a big play? Which goalie is going to make the big save to allow his team to win the game? Which goalie is not going to make the big save to let his team down and lose the game? Well, the Blues got off to a very quick start in this one. Under two minutes in, he's got to be the hero of the playoffs so far. Jaden Schwartz gets the first goal of the game, and the Blues are up one to nothing. Alex Petrangelo moves the puck up the right side. Jaden Schwartz chasing along with Padoon, dropping it off to Ryan O'Reilly. Out to the right point, shot by Pareko, deflected, score! Schwartz on the redirect, 1-0 St. Louis. Uh, you can't say enough about Jaden Schwartz getting to a puck, winning a race. Ryan O'Reilly, we talked about him having to be more important here in game three. He puts a puck on a tee for Colton Pareko. Jaden Schwartz, rather than stay behind the goal, he gets to the front of the net. Awesome deflection by Schwartz, 1-0 St. Louis. What a way to start the game for the Blues, but they need O'Reilly to be better. So far, one shift in, he has. Petrangelo gets the puck to Schwartz. Schwartz takes it into the offensive zone, drops it back for O'Reilly. But Schwartz doesn't stop on the play. He doesn't stand around. He goes around the back of the net, comes out the other side. The puck ends up on Pareko's stick. He takes a high shot. Jane Schwartz is right in front of the net and one of the most beautiful deflections I have seen all playoffs. And trust me, guys, I've watched every playoff game. So I was very impressed with this deflection. Schwartz gets his sixth goal of the playoffs. Pareko gets his fifth assist of the playoffs. And O'Reilly gets his fourth assist. One minute, 27 seconds in. You know, if you would have asked somebody before the playoffs, who do you think is going to really stand out for the Blues? Who could really have a very good playoff? I think most people would say Tarasenko. Some would definitely say O'Reilly. I don't think too many people were counting on Jaden Schwartz to get six goals under a series and a half into the playoffs. You knew the Stars weren't going to give up. It was a very hard-fought period. The Blues would give them a power play opportunity, which they've got to stop doing. The Blues need to improve their power play and they need to stop giving Dallas these power play opportunities. They're so talented, and they're going to get a lot of results from those power play opportunities, and they did on this one. Alexander Radulov, who I like a lot as a player, gets his fifth goal, 17 minutes, 12 seconds in, and it's one-to-one. Battle for the puck along the boards. Stars keep it alive. This is Spezza. Across. Score! Radulov ties the game at one. Bertuzzo strong in the puck. Bozak just can't get it out. Good extra effort by Esso Lindell. They'll get it down deep. Jason Spezza is going to elevate that pass up over the stick. The puck bounced right onto the stick. 
of Alexander Radulov. Bozak just can't get it out because of the effort from Essa Lindell. Down low, Spets is going to elevate her the puck and then bouncing once and to the roof from Alexander Radulov. Some hard work against the boards by the Stars led to this goal. Spetsa ends up with the puck. Radulov coast in front of the net. He goes right between Gunnarsson and Steen. Perfect pass by Spetsa, and we have a tie game. As I stated, that goal by Radulov was his fifth of the playoffs. Spetsa gets his second assist. Dowling gets his second assist. And we go out of the first period tied at one apiece. Very entertaining first period. Few mistakes by each team. The goaltenders played pretty dang good. Shots were close. Dallas had 11 to the Blues' 10. Heading into the second period, I think we knew that we were probably going to see a lot of the same. Not a lot of room for guys to skate around. And when you do get an opportunity to skate around, you've got to take advantage of it. Eight minutes, 30 seconds in. Tyler Bozak gets his second goal of the playoffs. In behind the net for Maroon. Back it comes to Dunn. Dunn spinning on Yanmark. Dunn still with the puck. Dropping it off. Score! Knocked in by Bozak to give the Blues a 2-1 advantage. This was some serious skill by the young St. Louis Blues players. Vince Dunn, one of them, Robert Thomas, another one. There's an old gray beard in Maroon. He's going to stop, pop, give it up to Thomas. Quick shot on goal, rebound, and Tyler Bozak, Johnny on the spot, puts it into the yawning cage. Great sequence for the Blues. That's two in a row for the Blues, and they took advantage of it, AJ, the second time around. Well, you know, it, it was a couple shifts of building momentum, keeping the puck in and the edges, that pinching by the defenseman down, making sure they have that second effort to keep it deep. Some great skating and stick handling on this play by Vince Dunn. Without it, the puck probably would have ended up out of the zone, and the Blues wouldn't have scored this goal. But he gets the puck, does this little dipsy-doodle, heads towards the net, Gets the puck to Thomas. Thomas takes the shot. It's starting to trickle in, but to make sure there's no question about it, there's Tyler Bozak to put it over the goal line. That goal by Bozak would be a second of the playoffs. Thomas gets his second assist. Dunn gets his third assist. Eight minutes, 30 seconds in. The Blues are up 2-1. to one. And at that point, I thought the momentum was really on their side. I was thinking with that momentum they had, they might start to take this game over. But it wasn't meant to be. And do you know why it wasn't meant to be? The goaltenders took this game over in the second period. Tarasenko, three on two with O'Reilly and Schwartz. The defensive play by Lindell. Polak, Radulov, moving in on Bennington, who makes the stop on the Radulov attempt. Yeah, that was a bad play by Tarasenko, and he knows it. That's what created the breakaway. Roman Polak going to be smart. Move the puck to space. Radulov's going to skate into it. Settles it down just a bit, but Bennington coming up large. Bozak here in the second period. Alexander Radulov has the lone Dallas goal on the power play in the first. Tarasenko feeds O'Reilly. Moving in, and it's kicked out by the right pad of Bishop. Then O'Reilly went sliding hard into the end boards. Klingberg carries in deep. Comes around in front. Shoot, saved by Bennington. Now he's going to do with a shot. Bennington got a piece of that one. Worked back out for Como. Another stop by Bennington. Como on the setup from Cogliano. Bennington and Bishop have looked very good in the playoffs, and they're part of the reason why both teams won the first round. You need that goaltender that's not only going to make some great saves, but he's going to make a save when you need him to. Whether it's 5-4, to 4-3, four, four to 6-5, two to one. When it comes down to it, save percentages and goals against are great. But what matters is, 
can that goaltender make big saves when you need him to? And in the second period, both goaltenders played very well. Even though Bishop let that goal in, he came back and was strong in the period along with his counterpart, Jordan Bennington. Going into the third, a lot of people are thinking, we're going to see another goalie battle. That didn't happen. The second period and third period were two totally different periods, and the Stars would tie this one up at two apiece on a goal by former Anaheim Duck player Andrew Cogliano. Around to the far side, Tarasenko waiting. Back the other way, onto the stick of Perron. Now Shen, knocked to the ice, puck gets past Dunn. Hustling in is Janmark with Cogliano. The pass across, Cogliano scores! Turnover on the power play, miscommunication there, trying to get it, and then Janmark with his speed, he comes down, Cogliano goes to the net, two on one, on the man down, and just that speed puts them on their heels. Excellent job by Cogliano to find that puck. Sometimes shorthanded goals happen when a team is working very hard on the penalty kill, and they just get that lucky bounce, and they're out on the break. This one happened due to a severe, and I mean severe, trip on Braden Shin. It wasn't, well, maybe you could call it. It was, yeah, that should have been a trip. And I don't like it when referees miss calls that affect a game. I don't like it when referees make calls that have a huge impact on a game. Dunn was stuck between a rock and a hard place on whether to take Cogliano or Yanmark. He did the best he could. I'm not blaming this goal on Dunn. Bennington makes the initial save. It goes right to Cogliano, and he puts the puck in the net. Just a terrible way to allow a team to come back and tie it. That goal would be Cogliano's second of the playoffs. Yanmark gets his first assist, 13 minutes, 6 seconds in. In the first half of the regular season, this team would have folded and fallen apart. It would have went from a 2-2 tie to the other team winning 4-2 or 5-2 or maybe even 6-2. But this isn't your old first-half St. Louis Blues. They didn't let the non-call affect them. They kept doing what they needed to do, and they would take the lead just a minute and 18 seconds later on what, to me, was a pretty innocent-looking shot. Out to the point, but Frangelo had that shot blocked by the stick of Polak. Three defensemen on the ice for Dallas, but Trangelo fires and scores! The Blues go back on top with 5.36 remaining. Petrangelo's going to get this puck from Bo Misa from a bad angle. Does it change directions? It goes up and over. Ben Bishop beats him short side. I don't think that touched anybody, Kenny. Good movement around the top of the zone. Still working a little bit of the power play structure that they have there. Taking a little bit of urgency here. The response to that shorthanded goal with St. Louis needed. The Blues were just being tenacious in the offensive zone at this point. Petrangelo makes the initial shot from a little farther out than the one he scored on. It gets blocked. Bowmeister gets the puck back to Petrangelo. He shoots it right past Bishop. High stick side, and the Blues have taken a 3-2 lead. That goal by Petrangelo is first of the playoffs. So nice to see the captain get his first goal. Bowmeister gets his fourth assist. Schwartz also gets an assist, his second of the playoffs. 14 minutes, 24 seconds in. The Blues have a lead. But both of these teams are tenacious. They do not like to give up. Doesn't matter if they're down by two. Doesn't matter if they're down by three. But if they're down by one, holy cow, it's going to be a fun game. About a minute and 28 seconds later, Tyler Sagan gets his third goal of the playoffs, and we're tight again. Schwartz comes over. Jaden Schwartz with two points for the Blues tonight. 
A goal and an assist. Puck kept in by the Stars. Zuccarello had it knocked away. Now it's Haskinen. Haskinen across. Score! Tyler Sagan! Now, now it's Petrangelo with a star player on the goal. Puck doesn't come out. O'Reilly can't get to that indirect pass. They keep it alive. Which Haskinen falls across crease. And Jamie Benn beats Carl Gunnarsson to the point of attack and puts it by Biddington. We're all tied up with 4.08 to go. Dallas is moving a little bit better. St. Louis, I think, thinks that puck is getting out on the stick of Petrangelo. Takes a bounce off the boards, can't get it out. I was saying a lot of nice things about Petrangelo getting his first goal, but this one is on him. Just a very, very lazy, lackadaisical attempt to clear the puck. The Stars are working hard. They're not going to let that get by. They end up with the puck. Haskinen gets it. He sees Tyler Sagan heading towards the side of the net. Gunnarsson's trying to cover him, but he gets kind of turned around. The puck goes to Sagan. Bennington is kind of out of position, and Sagan gets his third goal of the playoffs. Haskinen gets his second assist, and Zuccarello gets his fourth assist. Just a little over four minutes left in this game. Who's going to make a mistake? Who's going to do something stupid? Who's going to work hard to get the next goal? It would be Pat Maroon. We call him the big rig here in St. Louis, and he surely acted like a big rig on this goal. He gets the second goal of the playoffs, makes it 4-3, to three, and that would be the game winner. Met by Lindell. Now Bozak and Hintz. Bozak controls the puck. Calling for it at the left point was Bolmeister. Back behind the net. Maroon with it. Out in front with a shot. He celebrates, he scores! Pat Maroon beating Ben Bishop with a minute 38 remaining. The Blues go back on top. And the Dallas Stars are not going to be happy with this. They think Maroon interfered. Bo Meester gets a puck deep. Maroon right there, he puts his man down. And that gives him separation. He's up, able to put it up and over. He knocks Essa Lindell down. Maroon gets it and just beats Ben Bishop far side. One of the things that Patrick Maroon does so well is he separates, he does separate himself. He's so strong on the puck. Before we get into the breakdown of this goal, I'm not forgetting about Essa Lindell's Oscar-worthy acting that he did at the end of the second period. I'm going to get into that after the post-game interviews. I'm going to have Philip Miller from bluesrants.com join me, and that's one of the subjects we're going to get into. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about this goal. Just hard work by Maroon. Hard work by the whole team at this point in the game. The Blues wanted this game. They were hungry. But Pat Maroon has put it into another level the second half of the season, especially the last two months of the season. He was a Pat Maroon that a lot of Blues fans thought they were getting. Just hard work in the boards, doesn't give up on the puck. And in my mind, he gets tied up with Essa Lindell. And I'm going to get into that after the game. That goal by Maroon would be a second of the playoffs. Bo Meester gets his fifth assist, and Bozak gets his third assist. I thought this may have been Bozak's best game so far in the playoffs. Let's go ahead and head to the stats of the game. Shots pretty close. Blues 34 and Stars 31. One thing that concerned me in the game, the Stars won 63% of faceoffs to the Blues 37%. Now, if you look online and look at the stats of the game, NHL.com says it was 38%. But last I checked, there can only be 100% and not 101%. Big concern also. 
0 for 2 on the power play. It's got to get better. The Stars were 1 for 4 on the power play. Hits very close. It was a physical game. 28 for the Blues, 29 for the Stars. The Blues were blocking shots right and left. 28 blocks for the Blues with 16 for the Stars. Giveaways, the Stars had 13 and the Blues had 9. Let's head to the post-game interviews before we get my breakdown with Philip Miller of Blues Rants. We're going to hear from Pat Maroon, one of the heroes of the game, Petrangelo, not Petra Angelo, and not Peter Angelo, and then Tyler Bozak, and of course, Coach Craig Berube. Uh, got an opportunity to use my hand. At first, I didn't know what in, but we found a way to get it in, and we found a way to win tonight. Pat, can you describe the uh, almost like like a boxer mentality of this team? They, you scored, they kept scoring back and forth, and here you are, the victors. I think our team does a really good job of responding now. Uh, you know, we, we, we have this belief system in here that's really weird but we just feel like we always can find ways to win hockey games and we we do that and you know got to give credit to the stars for bouncing back and uh pushing back and but you know we got the edge i feel like by just pushing back harder and kept pushing and we never gave up we didn't let them try to get the momentum we try to take it back for them what happened on the bench was somebody offering you guys a beer but it wasn't a, fl- a type of beer you liked oh i don't know what happened there to be honest with you but uh i guess security handled it you've been in that play that situation 300 times this year did that one feel promising when you had the puck there with in front of bish uh i think i just had more time yeah i think i just had more time and more time to use my hands usually i'm muffing it in the pads but you know I got it up quick and I've been working on that in practice is just taking it from the back of the net and trying to lift it instead of just putting it to the bad so uh, you know got one through tonight. Your line in general uh, can you describe why you guys were able to cycle so well so often? Yeah, I think we talked as a line and we went over some things that we had to you know do better things and I think in the first two games we didn't get to our game and I think tonight you know our line is below the top of the circles grind them down low kind of wear their D down and I think we did we did a really really good job of that and uh, we we got to continue that. Describe the emotional roller coaster of the last eight minutes of that game. It was nuts I think both teams responded pretty pretty really well and they've done a really good job and both teams did a good job and uh, I'm just happy we came out the one. Fair group. I mean, why have you guys just been able to come through in those spots so far in the playoffs? Oh, we just, we just gotta. To be honest with you, we gotta hold the lead there. We can't give up a uh, penalty kill goal or power play goal. I think for us, we gotta hold that lead. We gotta find ways to get momentum off that power play, and we gave them momentum. And but we, the second unit goes out there, finds a way to get it back in. Be effective, and we got a big goal from Petrolandro. So I think we did a really good job of that. But uh, the Stars team's, you know, resilient. They came back, but we found a way to win. That last eight minutes, like uh, hard to explain. I'll tell you what, these playoffs. I mean, it's just keep playing. You never know. Sometimes it might take 60. Sometimes it might make more. You know, take more. We're just uh, we're just gonna keep on playing however long it takes. Alex, how do you overcome? How do you overcome the shorthanded goal? Get the momentum off of that. You go and get another one. We knew we still had a minute on the power play. Uh, we had a couple chances there. Um, they had some momentum off of that, but how do you get the momentum back? You go out there and try and score that next shift. How we did a pretty good job of that. In a game like that, what does it say about a St. Louis kid scoring the winning goal for the St. Louis Blues? St. Louis kid. Okay. That was, uh, I mean, he's been great all playoffs. I mean, aside from, you know, set aside the whole St. Louis thing, he's been great. I mean, this time of the year, those are the guys. Uh, you really lean on, and he stepped up to the plate. I mean, he's uh, he's been great for us. Is that typical of that line, how they cycle the puck down low and kind There's, of kind of reminiscent what they did in game one at one? Yeah, right? if I was, I would want to play against him. I'll tell you that. They wear you down throughout a game, and um, they might not get one in the first period. They might not get one in the second period. But as the game goes on, they're going to weigh you down, and it's tough for Demon to play against. Getting 
that went on the road and battling until the last second of this game? Did it show how much character you have in this room? Yeah, we're resilient. I've said it before. This group has a lot of character, and when you're using everybody, everybody's in the game, and you don't know who the hero's going to be. So uh, once again tonight, it's uh, not the way we drew it up before the game, but we'll take it. Yeah, can you take us through the last eight minutes of that game? A lot of ups and downs for sure. Um, you know, we, uh, we've had some close games on the road in the playoffs, and, you know, we've stuck with it. And, um, you know, it's tough when they kept tying it, tying it, but, uh, you know, the boys fought hard. We had all lines going. So um, this that win obviously feels really good. What was your view of Maroon's yeah, I mean, he's so good behind the net, um, you know, protecting the puck, getting the puck off the boards, um, does a great job getting it to the net. So, um, you know, just a good battle down low we had, got it to the point, Bo made a great play to put it back behind the net, and obviously Pat did a heck of a job, you know, bringing it out and, and putting it in the top corner. Is this kind of like a boxing match? Is that a fair, like, they score, you score, so you're down <laughs> on the map and you come back up, back over and over? Is that a... Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I think you asked both teams, probably don't want to give up that many goals. Um, but, yeah, made for a, a really exciting game, obviously, for everyone. Um, you know, two really defensive teams, so probably didn't expect uh, that many goals. But you know, both teams were fighting hard to you know get that lead. So um, you know, it was a fun game to be a part of. How do you explain it? Uh, I don't know. I can't explain it. But you know, it's a <clears throat> we've been a good road team all year. Our road record's been fantastic all year. You know, I thought you know right from the get-go we were engaged right away in the game. We we're aggressive and uh, you know, sets the tone for us for the game. Craig, what goes into being the kind of team that can bounce right here? What goes into being the kind of team that can bounce back in the toughest moments the way your team did repeatedly tonight? Yeah, it's um, we've we've done that all year, I think, and you know, so they've had practice at it. <laughs> Craig, can you describe just the emotional roller coaster of the last eight minutes of that game? Yeah, it was back and forth. Um, you know, we made a few mental mistakes. Um, you know, the shorthanded goal and um, just a couple plays where, you know, we just got to be better there. Um, but uh, we stayed with it and so did they. You know, they battled too and they, they uh, you know, obviously kept it close right down to the end. So, um, you know, we made a couple mistakes that, uh, you know, cost us and went in our net, but we stayed with it and battled back. And that was obviously a huge goal by Patty Maroon. I thought that line was really good tonight. Did they, they? Pat talked about the first two games. Didn't feel like they were at their best. Does the goal typify just how they grind you down low? Yeah. And well, I, th I think our whole team was at our best uh, tonight. Like I said, you know, from the drop of the puck, we were a lot more aggressive. We were a lot more engaged um, in the game. Just on pucks, physical. You know, played a much heavier game. Everybody. So, and uh, that line got rewarded with a couple of goals tonight. Was there any reason in particular? Uh, is there any reason in particular that line was able to cycle so much and create so much? Well, they have, time? you know, for quite some time now. That's their game. They're very good at it, and they have great chemistry. Uh, Patty Maroon does a fantastic job below the goal line of hanging on a pucks and, uh, you know, waits for help. They come and help, and they get the puck back. So he does a great job there, and then obviously does a great job around the net too. So It's been a long road this season for Patrick Maroon. What has what's what's kept him going in your mind or what did you maybe do to keep him going well i don't know i mean yeah patty early on in the season i think he he wasn't getting the production that he wanted uh, just he had a lot of opportunities they weren't going in and you know it's tough for a guy that's uh you know he's here to produce and score goals especially around the net on the power play and things like that so but he you know he stayed with it and we stayed with him too we you know patty's an important part of our team uh we we uh 
he, he's a good guy in the locker room, and he plays a heavy game, and that's our game. We're a heavy hockey team. We want to play below the goal line, and he, he, he leads our. He's very good at it. Two, two questions, if you don't mind. Was there a mistake on the shorthanded goal, or was it a potential trip and then just became a fluky situation? Uh, on the Cagliano shorthanded goal, just you guys are on the... Well, we just got beat up the ice. That's that's the bottom line. You know, like, we, we got to do a better job there. Um, I think the shot got blocked and kind of, a you know, like a... a tr um, ran into each other or something. I, I got to look at the tape, but uh, bottom line is um, they beat us up the ice and attacked the net, and... They got to rebound and put it in, and you know we got we got to do a better job there. And then, secondly, the Petrangelo goal from your perspective—he doesn't let him rip too often like that. Nice shot. Well, and, and power play, we we wanted to use uh, Perry and uh, Petro righty righty on that on the second time through in the power play, and they went out there and did a great job of shooting pucks, recovering pucks, shot them again, and got rewarded with a goal. Craig, two two questions over here, if I could. First, on that short-handed goal, like. For half the season, giving up a late goal like that in that those circumstances would have crushed this team. Why? Why is it a different world now for you guys? Well, I think once you know um, we we became you know the team that we became uh, went on a roll for quite some time. I mean, we are a confident group, and um, you know just because a goal goes in, no matter if it's shorthanded or five on five, we stay with it and keep battling. That's that's where we're at now. It's just mental. And like I talked about mental toughness all year with this group, and we're a mentally tough team now. And after I believe it was a penalty call, there was a stoppage in play. Was there beer thrown on your bench or trash in your the vicinity yeah, of your something bench? Something came over the boards. I don't know. I, I didn't pay attention, really. How much, uh, Coach, you made a line change on your first line, put Jaden up there, up on the first line. I mean, how much momentum does that create when in the first two minutes he scores? Yeah, well, I get, like, he's he's been really good in the playoffs here. And, uh, like, I, I talked about putting him up there, about getting on a four check and hounding pucks, and I thought he was great tonight. He was he was a real good player. He was skating. He was on pucks and recovering pucks and uh, got rewarded with a goal by going to the net. Just like the other game, game two at home, went to the net, got rewarded with a goal. He's doing a real good job. Coach, you mentioned the defenseman getting pucks on net. Uh, were you satisfied with the way that strategy played out in your first goal of the game, getting on the board early with Pareko's shot? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we like to use our defense, obviously, and um, shoot pucks, and but it's all about getting to the net and getting, getting in front of the goalie, getting tips and things like that, and we did a better job tonight of it. Just... Uh, a little bit about Patrick. I mean, uh, you know, he was talking about how you grow up in a place like St. Louis dreaming of one day scoring a Stanley Cup playoff winning goal. But to do it for your hometown team, that's kind of got to be special. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Patty, you know, he signed here in St. Louis. It's his home. Um, you know, it's it's great for him. We we all love Patty, and I'm you know, really happy for him to get a goal like that. It's a big goal, obviously. Uh, and, uh, you know, to do it for your hometown teams, it's pretty special. And now it's time for that part of the show where normally I just go in and kind of give you my final thoughts on the game. Most people like that, but sometimes it's nice to bring a guest on. Sometimes people get sick of hearing my voice. So today I'm going to have on a guy, Philip Miller. He's from bluesrants.com. You guys all know my association with Blues Rants. They're a great place to go for game previews, game recaps, San Antonio Rampage news, just anything on the blues. So 
After I have this uh, discussion with Philip, make sure you go to bluesrants.com and check him out, and you probably see something there from Philip. Philip, how are you doing today, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing quite well. That is great to hear. This uh, series has been a little bit different than the first series. It's uh, a lot more physical, I would say. I would say some both teams are taking some liberties. Uh, there have been some questionable calls. Uh, in this game three, it was just so up and down. It was one-to-one -one after one period. And from then on, it, it just went wild. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, is the play of Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz has just been awesome. If you had to ask yourself, uh, Tim Hirsch there, uh, Chris, a lot of other people from Blues Rants, myself, who's the guy you think is going to really come alive in the playoffs? I don't think a lot of us would have said Jaden Schwartz, but he got his sixth goal in this game, the first game, the first goal of the period, and he's just looked very, very good. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like, as you said, six goals, he had only what, 11, maybe 12 goals this entire season. It's been a very down year for him. Uh, he struggled with some injuries earlier on in the season, but to see him just go on uh, just full clutch mode here for the Blues, obviously getting on the board there early in this game. He nets a hat trick against Winnipeg, another game winner, the game right before that. Um, seeing him flourish and being one of the go-to guys for the squad right now. I mean, it's better late than never at this point for Jaden Schwartz. And he has been a very, very large X factor now in this series against the stars. Indeed he has. And what's funny to me, I'm sure you've noticed it, Philip before the trade deadline, I myself, and I don't know how you felt, but I didn't want them to trade him because the effort was there. And a lot of these fans that wanted him traded, they wanted him gone, which was going to be hard with the salary especially considering the year that he's had, you know, before the playoffs. But, you know, it's not always to me about results. It's about effort. And sometimes you will just have a bad year. It happens to everybody. He had a bad year. But a lot of these people that were wanting him traded are now all of a sudden saying, oh, you know, I was in, in Jaden Schwartz camp. I wanted him to be here. And it's just funny to me how quickly people will change their minds. And I, I completely agree with you 100% on there. And not just with Jaden Schwartz, with so many of this core roster. I mean, I, I will readily admit I was one of the several people wanting Jay Bomeister gone at the start of the season, you know, after, you know, his multiple surgeries uh, in the off season and, you know, just throughout his entire career. And now here he is in game three of the playoffs having just – an absolutely dominant shutdown game there on the line with Colton Pareko at the blue line. He has been, again, you know, a majorly improved player. And, you know, going into the first half of the season, you know, Blues were just, you know, all over the place, no confidence. Um, we fired Mike Yo, and there were just rumors about everywhere with trading Bomeister, Schwartz, uh, Jake Allen, Alex Petrangelo, Ter Tarasenko even, there were unconfirmed rumors about that. So to see the resiliency and as well as the confidence, I don't think, I think the two major key guys that don't get enough credit are Doug Armstrong and uh, Coach Craig Berube. Um, Berube specifically here with this game three, I would not be surprised if we see this game three as a benchmark game for the Blues, uh, depending on how far they go, not just in this series, but in these playoffs. Um, 
the uh, you've heard some of the broadcasters use that term out coached. And I think that's just the perfect term here for Craig Berube, um, who was just recently nominated for Jack Adams award, as many of us know. Um, and I, I think he deserves it uh, depending on how far uh, Barry Trotz and his New York Islanders squad goes over in the Eastern conference. Um, we see here in game three, uh, Craig Berube, as a lot of us know, is not a guy that likes to play around with his lineups. Uh, he's very much a, if it's not broke, don't fix it type of mentality as a coach. So that's why we see that main consistency with O'Reilly, Tarasenko and Shan on that top line. But then here in game three, we have him swap out Jane Schwartz and puts him on the top line. That's a more logical move, of course, with Jane Schwartz getting hot now. But then we see Joel Edmondson get swapped out with uh, Robert Bortuzzo. Bortuzzo, definitely a physical presence. But I think the big thing is just his ability to get into the game and into the face of Dallas players while staying disciplined, while being smart on the puck. Uh, in his two games already against Dallas, only two penalty minutes. He's got three hits, three block shots, a plus zero rating. He's dead even. Meanwhile, Joel Edmondson, two hits, six block shots in the series against Dallas, but he's at a minus two. Uh, so I think that shift was a really important one. Obviously, we saw um, the, <laughs> the theatrics by uh, one Asa Lindell for the stars on Robert Bortuzzo, which ended up eventually converting into that final maroon goal, which was the game winner here in game three. But um, we have that switch with Robert Bortuzzo, and then again, we have the switch with Jaden Schwartz on that top line. And obviously that converts right away. Jaden Schwartz gets on the board early for the blues. Um, and, you know, as, as many a lead as you can generate in that building, that's an important lead to have. Um, so those are some of the big things that I noticed in coach Craig Berube's uh, coaching mentality. The other thing, he's a very in your face coach. Berube is, you know, a former player with the Capitals, with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, he is seventh all-time in penalty minutes. That's not just any team. That's NHL all-time seventh in penalty minutes. So he's not a guy that you really want in your face all the time. And Baruby's the kind of guy that loves to, or not loves to, but will hold you accountable for your actions and for your potential mistakes. And he'll let you know about it. He'll let you know about it in person. He might let you know about it on the bench. He might let you know about it in the locker room. But he's that type of person that are getting these players motivated, even if it's to a point where it might be ticking them off to a point where if they're doing something wrong, they'll do it right just to prove him wrong. <laughs> um, but it's ended up working, obviously, for this team. He's 38-19-6, including this postseason record when he's in charge of the Blues. That's, I think, the big thing over that he has over Mike Yo. I never saw Mike Yo as the coach that really got the players motivated. Obviously, we know Tarasenko's never really had seen eye to eye with Mike Yo, but Craig Berube is the type of guy that when he speaks, you listen to him, and he's definitely the type of guy that will motivate you. And that motivation is definitely what the Blues needed, lacking that confidence in the first half of the season falling to dead last in the NHL, and now all of a sudden here we are. So I think a whole lot of the credit is really going to him. I think 
the NHL has understood that, obviously, making him a Jack Adams finalist. But he's been a major game changer, um, especially here in this game three. He's switching up the lines only when he needs to. He's teaching and coaching his players to make the smart moves against this Dallas Stars team. They're trying to stay more disciplined on the ice. And the final thing is just they're staying hungry. I mean, the St. Louis Blues uh, trailing after two periods, only 2-23-6 this season. We've already had two different games where they've rallied back from losses. Game one there against Winnipeg, and I believe game five against Winnipeg. Um, last night, what we saw on that ice was an all-out war. We take the lead, Dallas takes it back. We take it again, Dallas takes it back. We take it a third time, Dallas takes it back. And finally, the grinding efforts of the big rig and Pat Maroon pay off at the very end. He gets that goal after some rather lack of discipline plays, some embellishment there, courtesy of Ezra Lindell. And it's really shown the resilience and the confidence of this team that regardless of what deficit they face, they're ready to match it. Yeah, and you know, I think this could be, like you said, one of those turning point kind of games. And honestly, from playing hockey for years, since I was six, seven years old, till I had a stroke when I was 43, 44 years old, mm -hmm. uh, referees do not respect you when you pull that kind of crap like Lindell did. And that's why they didn't even consider giving Maroon a penalty on that play in front of the net when Lindell went down and Maroon kind of, what people would say, interfered with Bishop. But he looked at the referee, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way a ref is going to call that penalty. When you do, stuff, when you do something stupid like he did and embellish basically three cross-checks to make him look like the guy shot you out of a cannon, uh, the refs don't respect that, and it could and I'm not saying it's going to, but it could really tip this series in a way that maybe he's not going to get calls, which is a distinct possibility. And I, I was actually thinking the exact same thing. When you have a player doing those dramatics like that, which, I mean, it, it's leaving, you know, some broadcasters just speechless and angry with the way he's been, the, the way he behaved in that particular instance. I mean, what are the odds that he's going to actually get a call when it's legitimate? <laughs> I mean, he might get like a hockey stick speared through his stomach and they might look the other way now. Um, but what I also considered is what do you think the team feels? I mean, Essel Lindell, he has been a major factor for the Dallas Stars. He's had a terrific series against the Blues so far. Uh, he's been a very, very physical force against the Blues. Uh, and he's, been a tip, he's been a very difficult one to match. But now you see this embellishment, and not once, not twice, but three times right there against Robert Bortuzzo um, right before that final goal. I mean, that's, that's the turning point of the game. That's how the game would end up playing out. As the Dallas Stars, I wouldn't be too happy with my own teammates' play right there. Um, but I think the other thing that contributes to that is – the Blues power play, uh, which I believe has got to be a big key, not just for game four, game five, however long this series goes, but for the entire rest of the playoffs. Blues in this series are one for nine on the power play. Obviously, they allowed the shorthanded goal last night. Um, and, you know, they had one of the best penalty kills on the road this regular season. Um, 
I think the power play and not just the power play, but special teams in general has got to start showing up. Um, something needs to change. I know they've got a very, very tight, um, smart, cohesive, physical defense in front of Ben Bishop whenever they're on the penalty kill. And obviously Ben Bishop has just been on fire. You have to give him that. He's been absolutely terrific as has Jordan Bennington. Um, but the power play has got to figure out a way to get pucks into the net. If they want to bring any deficits back, or if they want to close out this series quickly with Dallas, um, the other key, uh, I think the I think the other key for this is just for the Blues to keep staying hungry. I think they did that last night. I think they've done that all series. I think they need to keep that up now um, more than ever because you know with each game Dallas is only going to get more and more desperate, especially after the loss last night, the way they lost. Um, you know they're going to come throwing at you everything they have. I mean, it's – it's bad to use the term must win when it's not an elimination game, but I think every game for both squads at this point would be considered a must win. Uh, the final key I have for the blues going forward is the fourth line has been practically non-existent here for the blues. I know the fourth line is not usually expected to score a lot. I know they're supposed to be more of a physical presence, but we have, Ivan Barbashev and Robbie Fabry on the line, newer guys with the veteran Alex Steen. Right now, Robbie Fabry is 1-0-1 with five shots on net. Barbashev, one assist, no shots on net. Alex Steen, no points, no shots. The fourth line has got to find something more than just winning the battles down low, getting pucks out of their offensive zone, and despite their lack of ice time, they've got to find a way to get on the score sheet. Yeah, I definitely like their physicality. They've played well in that aspect and the grinding part, but I would like to see a yes. little bit more of their offense. But in all honesty, I would be happy if they kept doing what they're doing and they didn't allow the other team to score. That would make me somewhat happy. I would like to see a little more offense. I would also like to see some more consistency with certain guys on defense because I know Vince Dunn's a young player, and he played great in Game 3 and in Game 1, but Game 2 he was terrible. Bo Meester had a bad night last night, did not look real great. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he, if they can continue to be strong defensively and not have a guy have a terrible night, and they continue to get the goaltending from Bennington, I think they're going to be okay because, you know, we know what we're going to get from Bennington. The the defense, for the most part this year, I think we know what we're going to get from them in the playoffs. I just think every now and again, a guy has a bad night. You can't have that in the playoffs. And as you said about the power play, in the Winnipeg series, I believe they were 0 for 7 or 0 for 8 to start out that series in the first two games. So yes. that's going to be key. I don't know of any team that's won a Stanley Cup that's had a terrible power play in the playoffs. There's been a few that haven't been very good. But I would say their power play has almost been non-existent. And something's got to change because what happens is these teams will take more liberties with you because they know that you're not going to score in the power play. Why not push a guy too hard? Maybe, maybe I'll hurt him. Maybe it'll make them a little bit squeamish because they're not scoring on the power play. I really don't care. So the Blues really do need to improve on that. And, you know, 
if they go if they go one for three or one for four on the power play, that's fine. It's much better than zero for two. At least you're keeping the other team honest, and you're letting them know, hey, you know, you can't take these liberties and and go off into the penalty box and not expect us to score because teams will do that. If teams see you're not scoring on the power play, they're not going to be as concerned about it when they give you a power play. Especially here in the postseason as well, you see not just here in this series, but all over the entire league. Refs will definitely be um, much more lax with their whistle. Um, You'll see a lot more bigger hits and checks get allowed. You might see a high stick here and there just go completely unnoticed. So I think it's really critical for the Blues when they get that power play opportunities to jump on the chance. And I think the penalty kill was a left a pretty sour taste in a lot of mouths of Blues fans and the players as well. I'm sure, you know, their next practice, they'll be jumping on that and working on those aspects of their game, even though that they've been so solid all year. But I think that power play is definitely going to be a critical factor here in the remainder of this Dallas-St. Louis series. Yeah, and the thing that they need to stop doing is giving up shorthanded goals and mistakes because in game two, in the first period, Yeah, Bennington allowed three goals, but all three of them were caused by a mistake by the defense, a bad position by the defense, a guy giving up a puck, and you can't do that in the playoffs. The turnovers have been very bad. Yeah, they have, and if they cut that down, I think they can beat anybody in the league. It's when they start having those bad nights defensively, like they did in that 6-3 to game against Winnipeg, they can't afford to have another game like that if they want to win the Stanley Cup. I think they've got the players to do it. They had a strong game last night. Both teams, like you said, one team would take the lead. The other team would come back. The other team would take the lead. The other team would come back. And it was such a fun game to watch. And I think for the most part, a lot of people have been hating on Dallas Stars fans. But I think 90% of them are okay. There are a few of them, just like with any fan base. And I don't care you know, if a fan gets too rowdy sometimes. But overall, I think Dallas has some great fans. I saw a lot of Dallas fans today on Twitter really ripping the guy apart that threw the beer into the Blues bench, which was nice to see. Yeah, it was really nice to see because I'm going to guarantee if that happened in Nashville or Chicago, you wouldn't see any fans stand up and say it was terrible. The, the Dallas fans overall, I think, are good fans. And I like to see both teams' fans get a good playoff series, and I think that's what we've got here. For sure, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, we even see, you know, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys player, you know, taking a selfie with the kid that got hurt after the uh, puck went out of play. So, uh, uh, just really, you know, just a really great moment across sports there. But, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't have too big of a problem with the Dallas Stars fans either. Um, I think, you know, the contribution from both sides is definitely there in terms of the noise. I mean, you can just, you just hear this roof blow off of American airline center when uh Radulov scored that tying goal that made it three, three. So um, both audiences are really energetic. I think the mood for the most part has been positive between both these sides of fans. Um, and I'm expected it to continue that way throughout the series, no matter who comes out on top. Yeah, I would agree with you. And if you ever get a chance to go to American Airlines Center to see a game, do it because it's a nice place to watch a game. The seats are comfortable. The sight lines are great. And like you said, when Dallas is playing well, those fans are very, very loud. It's a loud building. It's not the new building, but it's a newer building that 
you know, a lot of the newer buildings, you, you kind of lose some of that loud crowd, but the American Airlines Center is one of those where you definitely do not lose that crowd. Absolutely. I want to thank you for being on, Philip. We can all look forward to game four tomorrow night. I'm sure it's going to be another fun game, but I do agree with you that if a team gets a big lead, a three games to one lead, like the Blues have an opportunity to do, it's going to get choppy. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I think if the Blues want to be able to close this out as quick as they can, uh, they're going to need to be firing on all cylinders, not just with their offense, not just with their top line, not just with Jaden Schwartz or Jordan Bennington. Their defense is going to have to be on point. Um, a few uh, few mistakes last night, but we were able to come away with the win, and I'm really looking forward to what they can bring for the rest of the series. Great. Thanks a lot, Philip. And uh, guys, you can check Philip's articles out on at bluesrants.com. Also check out everyone else's articles. They basically do what I do, but in written form. And if you're a blues fan, I know there's other papers you can read out there and other places that have blues articles and recaps, but blues ranch is really top notch. The people are top notch. And Philip, thank you once more for being on. I look forward to having you on again. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. This was fun. Thanks for joining us, guys. Until next time, let's go blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.